Welcome to Leading Edge. I'm Tim Miller in for Jerry Anderson. You know, I feel like we live in a pretty good area here in the Midwest as far as weather and natural disasters go. We don't get the hurricanes. We don't get a big flooding like you might see in the southeast. And we certainly don't get huge wildfires like you do out west. But there's one person in our area who goes to those locations to make sure people are taken care of. That's why I'm really happy to bring in Todd James, the executive director of the American Red Cross of North Central Ohio. Todd, thank you so much for joining us here on Leading Edge. I'm surprised you're actually in Hancock County. You're always on the go. You're just back from uh, Hurricane Ian, of course, that devastation in Florida. Tell us about what you did down there and the incredible images that you saw that maybe the rest of us have just seen on TV. Um, sure, Tim, and thank you for uh, having me this morning. Really in enjoy talking with you and enjoy the show. So it's a, a fun opportunity to be able to join you. Um, yeah, I spent a couple of weeks down uh, in uh, Florida as part of the response team for Hurricane Ian. Uh, I was one of just many, many Red Cross responders. We've had over 3,000 responders on this operation since it began. Uh, and my role when I go out, a lot of the times I work in uh, public affairs. So uh, usually I'm managing our public affairs team and our job is to get information out to let folks in the area that's been affected know where help is available, what kind of help is available to them, um, making sure they know the resources that are available in the community, and then also to tell the story of what the Red Cross is doing, you know, the, the work that we do every day in disaster response, uh, whether it's here at home for a home fire or, you know, a hurricane, whatever it may be, it's all funded by our donors. Uh, and so we want to make sure that they know that we are good stewards of their donated dollars and that we're putting that money to work the way that they donated it for. So we make sure we're telling the story so folks understand what's being provided and how they can help, um, especially as we start looking longer term into recovery, because in a disaster like the, the magnitude of what we've seen down in Florida, the recovery process is going to be very long. I mean, we're, we're talking months and, and years for the rebuilding of some of these areas that were so right. devastated. And Todd, you shared some photos with us that we're showing here. Just incredible. Uh, I've spent a lot of time, my family and I in Fort Myers vacationing there. Just devastating. Is it still hard to wrap your, your mind around what you saw? You know, it really is. I, I've I've been out on a lot of different disasters. This was my thirty uh, eighth deployment um, uh, down in Florida, and uh, you know I've seen um, a lot of devastation in the areas that we go to, and, and damage, and every disaster, no matter the size of it, whether it's a single family home fire or a level seven hurricane. You know, uh, it, it's all heartbreaking when you see folks who have lost their homes. But I will say that the level of damage I saw down in Florida, especially in the Fort Myers Beach area, uh, out on Sanibel Island, uh, is probably some of the worst I've ever seen. Mm. Um, it, it, it is hard to wrap your mind around seeing huge fishing charter boats and, and cars that have been just picked up and tossed around like little Tonka toys um, and just lining the roadway where they were washed up on shore and left ashore and, you know, they haven't been hauled away yet. Or a, a marina where normally the boats are all nice and docked in their berths and now they're all piled on top of each other like a, a bunch of Legos or something. So um, it, it really is difficult sometimes to comprehend just the level of devastation. Um, but I, I will say for me, where it usually hits home is the little things. Um, you know, we're, we're out in the devastated areas, we're, we're doing damage assessment, we're visiting with the folks on the ground. And it, it, it's always 
some small personal item or that will catch your eye and, and make you think. And in my case, a couple of items, uh, I was, uh, doing a piece at a home that had been destroyed in Fort Myers beach. And, you know, there was a Christmas ornament on the ground, a little seahorse, wow. uh, you know, and it, you think, wow, um, that, that's not going to be hanging on a Christmas tree in this house this year, but, but hopefully next year uh, they'll be back in the home and celebrating Christmas. And I was driving down the street. These are, again, one of these little things that catch your eye. I'm driving down the street and there was a, a house that had been blown open. Uh, you know, it was one of the ones that's up on stilts anyway. All the walls were gone. The ceiling was gone. I could see the corner bedroom and all the clothes were still hanging in the closet. <laughs> and so it's the little thing you know that catches your eye and, and right. you just think that entire house has been blown away but the clothes are still hanging in the closet so it, it, it's odd um when you right. see the the devastation in the areas like that's what'll what'll catch your attention sometimes and todd you also went on a mission to help uh kentuckians who had that flooding uh, earlier late summer and also out to new mexico this year for the wildfires uh why do you do this uh, i mean you have a family you have a things that you need to do, but you are, aren't afraid to give that time. You know, I, um, uh, number one, I'm a very lucky, lucky guy. Uh, I have an amazing wife. My wife, Kendra, fully supports uh, the work that I do and um, has never hesitated when I get a call that says, hey, can you go? Um, has never said, don't go. Um, mm -hmm. I've missed our anniversary uh, three years ago, I think, three or four years ago. I spent Thanksgiving um, serving a Thanksgiving dinner in a shelter uh, out in California for the uh, Paradise fire uh, for the campfire out there um, right but she never hesitated to support me on that and, and again you know when you talk to any red cross responder really that we, we've got to thank our families for allowing us to do it um I, you know for me i mean the mission of the red cross is something that we carry out every day every day we're in the community we're we're helping families that need to reach out to loved ones in the military because there's an emergency at home we're responding to disasters we're teaching people how to save lives with cpr and first aid and, and collecting blood to save lives but going out on the disaster deployments like this connects me more to the mission, I think, than anything else I do. And uh, it, it's such an immediate um, reward. I mean, the feeling of, of being there on the ground and, and what is probably the worst day of somebody's life. And if you can give them a, a break, you know, just giving them a bottle of water or making sure, you know, that they've got a place to stay tonight. Um, the reward that I get from that and that, that I think almost everybody in the Red Cross will tell you they get from that is worth everything. And, 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 that's why we do it. I mean, it, it's people need help. And that's what we do. And, and this is a way that we can help in a very, very bad situation. And Todd, I, I've always thought that you were an inspiration because we're all get content in our lives here and just do our job and go home, but you're not afraid to go whatever distance. So thank you so much for talking about all of these responses. We continue to follow your movement. We know there will be more disasters, unfortunately, but it's good to know you will be there. And if it happens here, you'll be here, here as well. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Tim. And, and again, really, there are so many Red Cross responders and volunteers. And I would encourage anybody, if you'd like to find out about how you can join us and help with the work that we do in so many different ways, uh, please go to our web website at redcross.org slash volunteer or uh, call us at 800-RED-CROSS. We need more trained responders uh, every day because we're seeing more and more large-scale disasters and, and we've got to be there to to give help when it's needed. All right. We certainly hope people will stand up and help. Thank you so much. 
Todd James for joining us. Great work as always. We'll be right back on Leading Edge, a new fire station in Oregon making a big difference. Well, we are back here on Leading Edge, and there's nothing more important to a city or a town than protecting the citizens who live there, especially when it comes to fire protection or EMS runs. And they're going to be able to do that a little bit easier now in Oregon. So joining us to talk about a brand new fire station, our Chief Dennis Hartman, who's just retired, and the new Chief, Clayton O'Brien. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us. Uh, Chief Hartman, let's start with you. This brand new fire station, Station 41, just opened in November. How excited are you and how's the reception of it so far? Uh, obviously, we're very, very excited. So it's a beautiful building. It turned it turned out beautifully. Um, we've noticed that it's, it's uh, having everybody move into one building being all together. We've noticed a, a great uh, uptick in the morale as far as I'm concerned. Everybody's excited to be here, to get here. But now that they're here, they're really excited. And Chief O'Brien, congratulations on just taking over the department. Uh, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, we don't want to see money spent. That's a lot of money. But you're going to see the benefits in Oregon, aren't you, by this new fire station? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it couldn't have been more perfect timing for uh, the time that I'm going to be starting. And and I just appreciate Chief Hartman and all their hard work and the, the heavy lift that's been done. So uh, we're definitely going to be uh, appreciating this new facility. And uh, it really has all the perks to be able to look out for the members, the safety and health and wellness of them too. And whether it just be, you know, it's easier for your trucks to get out when a call comes. Uh, you don't have to, you know, deal with the traffic or things like that. What is it about this location, Chief Hartman, that made it perfect there on Wind Road? Well, there, uh, there was a couple of things about it. We, we wanted to stay as centrally located as we could. Um, and uh, there, the, the school system actually owned that property. And so we were able to, you know, make a good deal for uh, the cost per acre, those kind of things. And uh, we, with they, and we were able to maintain the ability to be very close to the central part of the of the city. Uh, now we are a little bit closer to um, the area up by uh, St. Charles Hospital, those kind of things. So we're just a little bit closer to that. But that's where our population center is. That's where the vast majority of our runs are. So um, we have good access throughout the city uh, from this location. And it's been what seventy years almost since the city of Oregon built a new fire station. Uh, Chief O'Brien, this has to improve morale for those who work for the fire department, right? You, you have a, a newer place. Maybe it's a little uh, easier to get around and do your job. Yeah, so just from the short time that uh, I've been here being Monday, um, I've seen a drastic difference in the, uh, just like uh, Chief Hartman kind of alluded to, the, the morale in the station. You can just feel it. Uh, the, the individuals are happy to uh, be able to perform their job and, and uh captures everything to make their the environment very good that they enter in every day. And just seeing that when we first saw this, the zoo, uh, the drone video of it, it looks like a massive fire station. Uh, what do you have inside other than your engine bays? I imagine you have the, the chief's offices and, and all the things you need. You have to feed yourselves too, right? Yeah, we, uh, we have the administrative offices here. Um, we have, uh, 
uh, the ability to um, have bunks for 12 people here um, and, you know, beautiful big kitchen, all those kind of things. Uh, the difference between this place, one of the big differences between this place and the stations that you talked about that we built, that were built 70 years ago, um, those were not built for um, what I'll just say overnight guests. It was not, they were never built to have staffing like we're doing now. Um, so we may do, and these, uh, all of our folks have made do with it, um, but now they're in a, in a big, beautiful, comfortable building um, that they can they do, do their job a whole bunch better. Um, it's, actually, it's actually made for what our organization is doing at this time. And we were there, uh, Chiefs, when you guys had the, the ribbon cutting back in November. What was that like seeing the public there, the look in the kids' eyes, because they look up to you guys and, and, and get a chance to look at the fire trucks. Uh, what was that like? And, and do you want the public to, uh, to explore this new fire station in a way? Uh, maybe Chief O'Brien take this one. Yeah, so I will say uh, attending that dedication to me, what it just shown, um, you know, at the time we had a bay full of individuals from the community and all throughout the, uh, the dedication of the time, there was many visitors to the fire station. And, and what that pointed out to me being new to the fire station here was um, that it was definitely community supported. And, um, and I encourage anybody in the community that if they do wanna ever stop by the fire station, um, the uh, men and women of our organization are always happy to give tours uh, because as we all are very appreciative of this building, we also take a lot of pride in it. And so taking a lot of pride in it, we're, we, we will show it off. So if you wanna stop in and you wanna check out the new fire station, we'd be happy to show you. And I had one more important question here. We always talk about response times and everyone wants uh, you guys to get there as soon as possible. Being in the location where the population is kind of heading, you know, you can't get everywhere within a minute or so, but do you think this can help response times to some of the places because you picked such a strategic location? Uh, yes, we, we certainly believe so because we have, you know, uh, we have the, we can get to any part of the city north or south on Wind Road. And then, of course, we have Navarre Avenue and Coy Road to go everything everywhere east and west. Uh, really, uh, it, uh, Wind Road is a big, uh, a nice, uh, big road. Um, with traffic signals on Navarre Avenue. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very good strategic location. All right. We can't wait to see more of it. Congratulations, uh, Chief Hartman, on your retirement and Chief O'Brien taking over. What a great time to take over uh, a fire department with a great new digs like that. So thank you so much for taking the time on Leading Edge to show it off to us. Thanks for having us. All right, take care. And when we come back on Leading Edge, how you can help out kids to make sure they have a special Christmas. Well, welcome back to Leading Edge. You're probably busy buying presents for your kids, your spouse, maybe some friends or family members. But did you ever stop to think that there are kids who don't have presents under the tree on Christmas morning? Well, that's happening to a lot of foster kids around the country and here in our area. And that's where Gift of Joy comes in. Let's bring in Julie Malkin from Lucas County Children's Services, of course, the spearhead for this great campaign that uh, you have with WTOL 11. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Gift of Joy, it just seems to get bigger and better every year, doesn't it? It sure does. You know, we've come a long way over the past several years, but uh, it 
it seems like the community really understands the circumstances facing our kids and they have really responded. And this is really simple. There are little bins set up all over the area. We're talking Burger Kings, Yark dealerships. Uh, you can even drop them off at our studios, WTOL 11 at Summit and Cherry. So it really is easy if you want to do something like this in person, if you have some extra toys or you buy some extra ones at the store, just drop them in the bin and we'll get them to you, right? Absolutely. You know, what we like to tell folks is think about what you're buying for the, the other children in your life, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, and what's their favorite toy and what's the one that they're looking forward to most. And if you can, buy one more because they're guaranteed one of our children who are we're working with will have that same joy opening that gift on Christmas morning. And isn't it easy for a lot of us to just take things like this for granted, but there are kids who are in foster care that are in the system, the Lucas County Children's Services system right now. It, it really hurts my heart to think, what if these kids don't have presents under Christmas? Exactly. One of the caseworkers I was working with the other day said it perfectly. You know, as she was looking at the different toys and trying to select just the right one for a child on her caseload, she said, he has to know he matters. Mm. He has to know that he matters. He matters because Santa Claus found him and got him a toy that he really would like. So, you know, we, we try to make sure that children that we work with in all circumstances, whether they're in foster care or maybe they're living with a, a, a relative, they might even be in a different state from where they're, they were living before. Um, we, we try to make sure that Everybody has something that they want that they can open on, on their special morning and that they get that gift of joy. They, that the, the gift is more than just the gift itself. The gift is the joy that the child gets to have. And you also have to think about they may be in a tough family circumstance where they just got out of a situation and they're thinking, I don't even have a normal Christmas coming up. And this can really lift their spirits, right? Oh, it sure can. We have lots of families that maybe are um, moving into permanent housing after being in a shelter, or maybe there's been domestic violence and the family's had to move, uh, or there's just been you know, unrest in a family. And so a child might be in a circumstance where they're, they're not familiar and they're worried about whether Santa Claus is going to find them. But we make sure that if, if the children are working with us, if the family is working with us, we will make sure that child has something to open. You know, we, we may not have money to, uh, from, donated to buy, you know, an Xbox or anything like that, but we'll certainly come up with something that will make them happy on Christmas morning. And as we're talking here, Julie Malcolm from Lucas County Children's Services, uh, as we're recording this, we just had our downtown gift drop uh, here at the T at WTOL 11 studios. And Julie, the joy we see in people's eyes when they pull into our parking lot and drop off those toys, they're just so happy to help out. Even if it's in a small way, they might bring a baby doll or a, one of those Tonka trunks like you see behind you. It gives you a good feeling too, right? Not just the kids, but the people who are giving the toys. Absolutely. You know, Toledoans, we know, are very giving folks. And I think it really does make you feel happy and make you feel good that you're reaching out to somebody else and you're helping someone else less, for, uh, less fortunate or in a, in a worse situation than you. Um, we get some wonderful reactions from people who uh, come in and they pop 
they pop their trunk and say, you know, look at what I brought or I'm so proud that I found this. Um, they, they had to share with another child. So uh, yeah, there's that ancillary, the other gift, the gift of uh, knowing that you did something for, your, for a child in need. And Julie, we know you're looking for presents for kids of all ages, but what specifically are you in need of right now? It's the younger children, right? Right. Um, more than 50% of the children we work with are under the age of five. So we go through a lot of baby stuff. Um, you know, if you want to, if, if you, if you're interested in lo looking, you know, for something to get, just take a walk down the baby aisle, you know, things that light up and things that, uh, you know, enhance their learning, things that make noise. Uh, we love all kinds of things like that. And uh, our families really appreciate when they receive them. And Julie, how much longer do people have to do this? Uh, we want them to know there is still time to uh, donate a, a toy here or two. Well, uh, we'll be open until the 22nd. And I know we'll have caseworkers running in here at the last minute <laughs> saying, I just picked up a case and I, there's six children. Uh, so even if it's bringing a gift on the 21st or 22nd, come on down. We would love to relieve you of that gift and, and give you that gift of joy that you know that you helped a child at the last minute this holiday season. Julie Malkin from Lucas County Children's Services. Thank you so much. Good luck with the rest of Gift of Joy. And we'll be right back here on Leading Edge. And we are back here on Leading Edge. I want to thank all my guests for coming on this morning. We hope you have a great weekend. And don't forget to donate to Gift of Joy. I'm Tim Miller. Have a great weekend.